welcome to mini episode 186 of real life ghost stories and i have three spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from may the 13th 2022 and story number one comes from alexa my stories take place on the united states army military base called west point which is in new york state i was around 12 years old and the daughter of a u.s army officer It was 2008 and my family had just moved north across several states into our new home at West Point. The entire military base was dripping in history, being as it was originally a valuable military post during the American Revolution. Most of the homes were older homes. Some had even served as old barracks for soldiers. Others had served as temporary hospitals during different wars. Our home was an older home. To us it was at least. It was constructed in the early 1900s and had so much character still. My two older brothers and I had the best time exploring our old but new to us home, discovering old coal chutes, old maids quarters, a creepy basement and the names of previous residents hidden on the cellar walls and in closets. We spent the first night in our house without our beds as the furniture truck had not made it to New York yet. That night, my brother and I all set up air mattresses in our rooms and said goodnight. My room was empty, except for a suitcase and my mattress. Right before falling asleep, I started to feel my mattress shaking. I froze trying to figure out if it was shaking because of me, but no. I laid as still as possible as my mattress rocked hard enough to make a shuffling sound against the wooden floor. I was petrified. I wanted so badly to get up and go get my mom, but I felt like being 12 years old made me too old to run to my mom. I got no sleep that night. I told my mom about this in the morning and she didn't offer me much explanation but insisted that we needed to get the house blessed by a priest as soon as possible. She was a dedicated Catholic and I'm fairly certain she had a priest over to bless the house in less than 24 hours. My family had made many moves up to this point so my parents were pros at the process. The next day, the moving company arrived, bringing all of our belongings to West Point. And as they began to unload boxes and furniture wrapped in blankets, my dad stayed posted with his clipboard, counting boxes and checking them according to an inventory list that he had. My mom's job was to direct the movers who were carrying boxes and furniture to the correct rooms. My brothers and I were given one task, stay out of the way. If you had asked 12-year-old me what my most prized possession was, I would have said it was my upright antique piano. I was absolutely garbage at playing the piano, but that old wood piano with its aged keys was my favourite thing in the world. It was one of the first things off the moving truck and it found its new home in our sunroom. I was so thrilled to know it was in one piece and made it safely across states. I played its keys and felt so comforted by its familiar, uniquely old sound. I was fiercely protective of this stupid piano, never letting my brothers touch it, though they frequently taunted me anyway, banging random keys in the middle of my practices. At this point in the day, I was upstairs in my new bedroom, excitedly looking at all the boxes and planning my room out. My family was outside. Mom and Dad at their posts and my brothers were out likely getting into trouble as teenage boys in a new neighbourhood do. As I sat in my room I heard my piano being played. Not just one note but a few in a row, like the random notes someone would hit when they casually passed by a piano. 
Instantly infuriated, I ran down the stairs outside my bedroom door and turned the corner downstairs to face the sunroom. I expected to find my brothers laughing, but there was nothing. No sounds of them running away, no brothers laughing. From the sunroom windows, I could see all my family outside on the lawn talking to our new neighbours. Maybe they ran outside that fast. I went outside furious, telling my mom that the boys were messing with my piano. She was annoyed and said something like, Nobody was touching your stuff, Alexa, we've all been outside. But I know what I heard. The piano notes were as clear as day. They had such a unique sound. We didn't have any TVs, speakers or other electronics set up in the house yet. Anything that could make that sound was packed up still, except for the piano. When I accused my brothers later, they had no idea what I was talking about. For three years we lived in this house, I thought I was the only one who felt the place was creepy. I would often complain about feeling like I was being watched when doing laundry in the basement, but nobody else reported anything similar. It wasn't until I was an adult that my dad mentioned randomly, Oh, the West Point house. Yeah, that place was haunted. He told me that sometime during the first week of living in the house, he woke up in the middle of the night to the smell of rotting meat. He woke my mom up, who also smelled it, and they both were terrified, feeling like something was off. They stayed up praying that night. I wonder, looking back now, if we had all been up that night freaking out and just didn't realise it, me with my shaking air mattress and them with the rotting smell. My dad also shared that he had incredibly awful nightmares while living in that house, dreams that would bring him to tears. My family was going through a lot at the time, so it's not unlikely that all of our individual stress and trauma contributed to these vaguely spooky and dark feelings. But what I do know is that my piano was played by someone or something that was not human. What is it with the shaky mattresses? That's like a trope, isn't it? It's like something that happens in haunted houses that the bed starts shaking. Generally, it's like the bed frame, though, not an air mattress on the ground. So what is it with that? Is it like a way of getting attention? Is it an easy way of getting attention? And I wonder where your mom and dad also sitting awake on the same night, feeling freaked out. And I wonder if if you really sat down and talked to your brothers about it or if you could like remember back perfectly, did they have a weird night as well? Was whatever was in your house, was that thing, that entity, whatever it was, that ghost to go and I'm going to give you the welcome that you need and let you know who's boss around here? And also I wonder if a piano is like an easy way to get attention too because you just have to press down a key, any key and it'll make noise. So I wonder if that is why the piano trope exists is because it's an easy way to get attention. And as somebody with two older brothers, I understand your torment. Okay, I absolutely understand your torment. And strain number two comes from Shirelle. I believe in ghosts. I grew up in the church. I was in the church every time there was a service. My grandfather was a pastor and taught against believing in demons and ghosts. I couldn't celebrate Halloween. I couldn't even watch Michael Jackson's thriller video on television. However, I was someone who had always been interested in the afterlife. How can I be taught to believe in a heaven and hell and not be curious about the in-between? I've always encountered things that I couldn't explain in life like doors opening on their own and cabinets slamming shut. I haven't experienced things like this in a while, but as a child, I often witnessed it. I'm 32 now and I still make sure doors are shut, including my kitchen cabinets. I really don't want to take the chance of hearing something I can't explain. 
My last major encounter happened in 2012, right after my granddad died. He was the one who was a pastor. He raised me. He was my mom, my dad, my granddaddy and my best friend. So his death really hit home. He died in his bedroom. He was elderly and sick. My younger sister and I were in his room when he took his last breath. Although my granddaddy loved us very much, he was very protective of us too. He wasn't too fond of my kid's father and then boyfriend at the time. We always argued and he hated that. Matter of fact, he didn't really like any drama, which is understandable. The night of his funeral, my boyfriend and I went back to the house. The house was eerie. I remember something didn't feel right. But I took it as the fact that we had just lost our grandfather. Of course the air was different. My boyfriend and I were arguing and I don't remember exactly why. We were just screaming at each other and then all of a sudden a loud slam. The door of my granddaddy's room where he had died slammed shut. There was nobody else in the house. The air was on and there was no windows open. The door slam was so loud it was like someone had to push that door so hard. This caught our attention real quick. We were scared but we just checked the house to make sure that no one else was there. And nope, it was just us. I took it as a sign that my granddaddy didn't like us fighting and wanted us to shut up. Strangely, I also took comfort because I believe he was behind that door slamming it shut. I also took it as him saying goodbye too. I definitely would have taken it the same way too, especially if I knew that when he was alive, he didn't like my boyfriend and then we're having a big scrap and the door slams. I'd be thinking, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're fighting. I know you didn't like us fighting. And I I guess it's also a protective thing that even in death, he was still trying to protect you, which is very sweet. And I would be taking it as a positive thing too. I'd be imagining him standing behind that door being like, I'm going to stop them fighting if it's the last thing I do. And saying goodbye. It's lovely, really. And story number three comes from David. I grew up in a relatively new house just south of Nashville, Tennessee. As far as I can tell, there were no events of historical significance and no deaths on the property to cause the activity that myself and multiple other people witnessed there. I was around 12 or 13 when I first saw an apparition in my house. Me and three of my friends were watching a movie late one night when one of them looked back and said, Is that your mom?" So we all turned around to look and saw a figure in a pink bathrobe kind of hovering on the other side of the glass door in the adjacent room. I say hovering because we couldn't see any feet or legs. There was a large couch, a coffee table and a TV that we had left on a movie channel in the 400s range, in the direct path of this thing. It slowly glided through the couch and the table, stopped at the TV and then glided back to her original position and disappeared. We all went out to investigate and found the TV had been turned way down and to channel 57 which at the time was the food channel. This was not possible since we had the remote in the other room at the time. We were a bit spooked and when I asked my mom about it the next day, she confirmed that she didn't have a pink robe anywhere in the house. They were all reluctant to stay the night after that. The next time something happened, I was laying in bed in the middle of the night. I'd been rolling around for a while wide awake with a full bladder, but I was comfortable and didn't want to get up. I finally gave in But as I looked to the foot of my bed, I saw a very pale woman with long black hair and a dark blue dress. She didn't say anything, just stood there and stared at me. Rather than being scared, I got super annoyed and told her to fuck off because I had to pee. 
and I wasn't going to be able to until she left. I told her she had five seconds and I closed my eyes and waited. When I opened my eyes, the path was clear. Another night, I lay down in bed and flipped off the lamp next to my bed. Within seconds, I heard a sound that to me was like wet footsteps on a tile floor or just a very annoying drip. I hadn't used the sink on my side of the Jack and Jill style bathroom, so I knew it wasn't that. But I thought maybe the tub was dripping. So I went to turn on my lamp that was fine moments before, but it wouldn't turn on. I flipped the bedroom light switch and nothing happened. I flipped the switch in by my sink and nothing happened. I opened the door to the bathroom and hit the light and it turned on. The dripping had also stopped. I checked the tub, my brother's sink, my sink, the toilet, etc. Everything was dry and nothing was dripping. So I turned off the light and walked back to bed. As soon as my head hit the pillow, I heard it again. That same dripping noise. Again, I tried all the lights in my room to no avail and as soon as I turned on the bathroom light, the noise stopped. I went back to bed again and once more, as soon as I lay down, the noise came back. I was getting angry at that point and said out loud, Quit screwing around, I have to get to sleep. Which I eventually did. But here's the clincher. In the morning, I tried the lamp, my room light and the bathroom light and all of them turned on. This last one happened to my aunt who was not drunk or on any drugs at the time. She was in our kitchen and looked in the doorway to see a blonde boy in old-fashioned clothes standing there. He stayed looking at her for several seconds before he slowly faded out of sight. Needless to say, it wasn't anyone we knew and nobody in our family can turn invisible at will. Just saying. So maybe the ghost in the pink bathrobe may not have been your mom, but maybe, maybe she was a mom. And she was like, I'm not having these kids watching this TV show or this movie. It's highly inappropriate. So I'm going to glide on over there through the sofa, through the coffee table. And I'm going to change the channel. And, and maybe, they'll, maybe they'll watch a nice, a nice cooking program instead. And I'll turn it down a bit as well while I'm, while I'm at it. Because it is very loud. It's very loud for this late at night. And to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be staying at your house either. I would be like, I'm not staying at the haunted house. No way, I'm not doing that. And look, I think everybody's always really brave in these stories. And I genuinely mean that when something happens in the house and you're like, you know what? Just, just seriously, just fuck off and leave me alone. Okay, just, just leave me alone. I've had enough. I'm tired. I'm trying to get to sleep. Please leave me alone. Whereas I'd be under the duvet just completely sobbing. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, this is your very, very last chance to vote for Real Life Ghost Stories in the Irish Podcast Awards. The link to vote is in the description of this episode. But if you just type in Irish Podcast Awards listener choice into Google, you should be able to get there and you should be able to find it very easily. In order to vote, you just need to search for Real Life Ghost Stories, click vote, and then you will be sent an email that you need to confirm. You need to verify that vote via your email address. And that is it. I would really appreciate it. It's great um, advertising for indie podcasts who don't necessarily have the means or the contacts to be able to advertise substantially any other way. So if you have any other Irish indie podcasts that you like to listen to, please make sure that you sling them a vote too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also find out everything you need to know about Real Life Ghost Stories at reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. 
And if you are totally desperate for extra content, you can find loads of extra content on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>